Okay, Rabbi Sai. It's um, Thursday evening, Parsha Shmos, Tovshin Pei Aleph. And um, we're doing the Rechizuk again. I'd like to begin with um, a Mishnah in Mesechus Saita. It's a very famous Mishnah. It's, a, it's the last Mishnah in the Mesechda. And some of the lines here are very famous. Be'ikvsa Meshicha. Rashi says that means at the end of time, Be'saif HaGolos, before Mashiach comes. Now many Rishonim said it many hundreds of years ago, Achroinim and present day and last generation Gedalim said that we are living in the time of Ikvsa the Meshicha. In the Gemara, the Mishnah says two things, says many things, but two things I'd like to focus on. One thing is chutzpah yazge. There's going to be a tremendous amount of chutzpah. We all know what the word chutzpah means. In this situation, it means there's going to be a breakdown in what we would call normative respect. Normative respect in society. Normative respect in society means youngsters for people who are older. Respect between people and their governments, respect between people and their friends, respect. But that's not going to be at the time of Mashiach. It's going to be chutzpah yazge. And then it says, very interestingly, the Mishnah continues and says, umalchus tapach leminus. The sovereign kingdoms, the governments, are going to change to minus. And minus has a lot of different meanings. The word min is normally translated as um, apicorsis. Blatant, blatant denouncing of belief in a Kodesh Baruch Hu. The former Attorney General, former Attorney General, just a few days ago, he re- he was asked to uh, to retire, or whatever happened with Attorney General Barr. He gave a speech in Notre Dame, which had some very interesting concepts to his speech. He mentioned, in his opinion, that the founding fathers of the United States of America were of the opinion that a government... A democratic government cannot exist without a basic tenet of belief in God. Without a basic tenet of what he refers to as Judeo-Christian philosophy, a country cannot exist. I'm not getting into Judeo-Christian theology right now or philosophy, but I would like to mention first things first, that what took place yesterday in the nation's capital, I was traveling myself, I usually do not listen to the radio and listen to reports, but I was kind of glued to the radio yesterday, and for those people who are a little older, probably nobody on the phone right now or nobody on Zoom, 
But I remember people telling me, and I've read it many, many times, that World War II began, for those people who were in pre-war Europe, it began Slichus. Slichus. began Slichus 1939. That's when World War II began, the night of Slichus, the Shabbos of Slichus, that must say Shabbos of Slichus. Rav Noah Wolf, I remember him telling me that his Bar Mitzvah began at that time. He and his wife should both have a Rafur Shalem of Yisrael. And then I remember my mother, Allah Shalom, and many other people, and there might be people on the phone right now who can relate to Pearl Harbor Day. And then there are many more people on the phone and on Zoom, not everybody who can remember the day that President Kennedy was assassinated that Friday. I remember it as a young boy, still living in Crown Heights at the time. And then um, there was a blackout. 65, there was a blackout in New York and in some of the other countries, some of the other states in the Northeast. And then it was 9-11. All situations that those people lived through it, as the saying goes, all remember where they were when those things happened. Well, those things were big events, obviously. World War II, Pearl Harbor. Led to millions of people being killed and murdered. Assassination of a president of the United States of America. Even the blackout was dangerous for many, many people. I still remember my father was shown miraculously, without getting into the story right now, came home that night earlier than he ever did before the blackout took place, he was the only man in our apartment building in Crown Heights that had um, eight from families. He was eight Jewish families. He was the only man. He went down and directed traffic on Eastern Parkway, which is a gigantic street, an eight-lane street. And of course, uh, it was danger. 9-11, loss of life, tremendous loss of life, and a change in the way we we, we, we conduct ourselves, whether it's flying and going to the airport, all the other things that have happened as a result of 9-11. Yesterday was something that was incredibly unusual. I'm just using the words that were used by the press, but I think these, were used, these are words that anybody would use. In the secular world, in the non-religious world, um, there are certain places that are perhaps sacred and hallowed, even though, again, they are not buildings of religion. And that is the capital. The capital. And um, few buildings are as sacred to the United States of America as the capital. And to think of we'll time to say it, but uh, I'll say it very briefly right now. Trying to hear an accurate, unbiased opinion of what happened yesterday, I found very difficult. Like, just to get the facts, it was very challenging to get the facts. Everybody was talking, in my humble opinion, with incredible Nagias. Nagias. Everybody had their own bias, and everybody was explaining it based on their own bias. Um, but it was an event 
that I think is going to be seared into the memory of all of us, even though four people, four human beings lost their life, lost their lives, but it was not the same level, obviously, as 9-11, of course not as World War II. And I don't mean to belittle the fact that four human beings lost their lives, but that is not what the primary focus is on yesterday, understandably so. The primary focus is on the fact that um, I guess since the War of 1812, nothing like this ever happened before. That um, that there was an attack in the capital. There was tear gas thrown in the capital. There were guns drawn in the capital. There were guns shot in the capital. There was a person killed by gun shots in the capital. And even if there was some incident at one time that maybe I'm forgetting about, I don't know about, this extraordinary incident was nothing short of incredible. And um, that being said, it's um, it's something that <laughs> that is not easily uh, forgettable. And I think that it just adds to a short review of what's been going on in all of our lives. We closed, let's just use our show for an example. We closed our show, Parshas Vayakel Pekude. That was right after Purim. Ashul was closed for Pesach. Many people were alone, literally alone, at their Seder table. Then we reopened Ashul's for Shuas. And then, Sunday night, after Shuas, we closed Ashul's again for one night because of um, the attack at the shopping mall on, on Howard, Best Buy. We closed the shul again for Mincha Meirev. Baruch Hashem, we were able to reopen the next morning. That's a lot of trauma. And closing the shul was for a pandemic. And that was a lot of trauma. People were dying. Very far, very hard to find a person who does not know somebody who died. Nearly impossible. Many people became sick. Things seemed to ease up over the summer. Then there was a second wave. Then we as a shul experienced people getting sick. At the same time, we had people who were nifter, including Rabbi Goyen of Gedalia Schwartz, for whom there were hespedim tonight. And we in the shul are going to be making more hespedim on Tuesday evening, Pesach Hashem. And um, it's, it's been an emotional toll emotional talk for the families who lost people children, parents siblings and for Akihila who lost her by shorts and then we have our own we got another uptick we had um, two people, two of our members were in the hospital this past week Baruch Hashem, they both out of the hospital we had double digit people who were um, tested positive and were symptomatic. Some symptoms a little bit more severe, some a little bit less severe. 
and it, it takes a toll. It just takes a toll, Rabbi say it's, uh, it's, uh, it's hard emotionally. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. But let's take a look just for a second. We're back with Aminyan Baruch Hashem. And Aminyan are thriving. Baruch Hashem. Uh, we're back with our learning. Our daily shurim, our weekly shurim. Some of them are still not in the shul yet. Some of them are in the shul. We're on Zoom. We're back to our Kailu programs. Our Kailu Baker at 6 a.m. Our Kailu at 8.45 a.m. Kailu Erev. We're back to the Chesh Mishpah Kailu learning. One of the few Kailu in the city that um, has been learning with masks the entire time. And um, it's challenging. People calling up. Can I go to weddings? Can I go to simchas? People making simchas. How can I make my simchas? People making simchas and not having grandparents at weddings. All different types of things happen. And um, they're all... um, I would say they all are uh, energy zapping. They, they they sap our energy. They zap our energy. They take away our energy. And what we celebrate, we're not celebrating the way we used to celebrating, which is also challenging. Um, but we are back, Baruch Hashem. And uh, hopefully, people are starting to... Um, become vaccinated, get vaccinated. And that's, um, and that's helping, and hopefully we'll open things up more. But I think it's important. I know we've said this different ways and never like this before, that um, you know, all of those things that I mentioned earlier, you know, we're back. We've come back first as a as people, as countries, and of course as Claudius. We've come back. We've come back. We've rebuilt in the last 75, 80 years, which is nothing short of miraculous in this country, in Israel, now in Europe, even in Russia. We have yeshivas and Kailul. We're back. We're back. Are we where we want to be? Of course not. Of course not. In the, in the interim, we've had countries who we never believed would make peace with Eretz Yisrael. They made peace with Eretz Yisrael. There are a lot of uh, bright spots. A lot of bright spots. But I, I think there's something here that, that was a little bit earth-shattering. But I think the same Mishnah really talks to us, and I think it talks to us on a very serious level. I remember 9-11, watching, I was in the J that morning, watching um, what happened to the second of the Twin Towers. Here what's happening to the Pentagon, 
and thinking about the fact that my life may be changed any moment if something happens to the, to the White House, where the fourth plane was designated for the White House. I said, that would be World War III, even the thought of those words. And uh, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, we came back. But there's something else here. We all know, anybody who's read any books of history knows, that when there's a war, very often, our houses can't protect us, our assets can't protect us, our bank accounts can't protect us. And we all know that is hidden. It's very hard to get any type of protection. It's, it's hard. When there's a war, we know who very often gets caught in the crosshairs of that war. But the Mishnah ends, and the Mishnah says an incredible thing. It's a Mishnah. What are we supposed to do after this entire list that the Mishnah lists? It's a depressing Mishnah. What should we do? It's Chutzpah Yazga. It's Malchus Tehopach Laminus. We all know Rabbi Say. 20, 30 years ago, what is considered a valid family nowadays, no one ever dreamed about that. What is considered a marriage, no one ever dreamed about that. What are considered organizations with all types of initials, no one ever dreamed about that. And, and it's here. It's a combination of chutzpah yazga. It's a chutzpah. And it's malchus teapach minus. Malchus is minus, meaning denying God's terror. Denying what Hashem says. At the same time, says the Mishnah, Alma yesh bonoli shoyin. What are we going to rely on? The next level of bombs the next level of weapons of mass destruction, the next type of shield against rockets. Yesterday, I felt that way. I stopped at a few gas stations, uh, walking in with yarmulke, hat, whatever, and seeing people but wearing a mask can't see my face. I was smiling at them. I was telling them that our country will make it. We're going to pull ourselves back together. You know, I, I, I was, uh, I cried. I cried. To think about what happened to our country. This country that's been a, a safe haven more than any other country. A country that is allowed Klaal Yisrael. Judaism, Orthodox Judaism, Torah Judaism has allowed us to have all types of meisters, schools, schools from elementary school to high school to boys' schools to girls' schools to seminaries, yeshiva gedolos to 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 kolelim, to hatzola, to mikvos. The people wearing yarmulkes in hospitals as doctors, and people wearing yarmulkes in banks, and people wearing yarmulkes in law firms, and people wearing yarmulkes in, in the highest level of universities. It's a pella. It's a pella. That's our lesson. It's true that it's, it's, it's shaky, it's earth shattering. I use a word I don't like to use, it's scary. But it's, uh, at the same time, it's, um, it's in the same Mishnah. 
It's a skier. And maybe it's a skier to remind us, That's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. You have to reconnect, or if we feel connected, to enhance and strengthen our connection. That we are, um, we are leaning on a Kaddish Baruch Hu, literally leaning on a Kaddish Baruch this week in Musa Seder, say for time of the Bayra, he discusses how Kadesh relates to us as a Karav. He's our relative. He calls us his daughter, his sister, his mother. He relates to us. And we have a special relationship. And we're allowed to turn to our Kadesh Baruch and say, We need your help. We need your help. Help us calm down. Help us not get overly anxious about the matzah. Help us remain besimcha. Help us remain connected to our Torah, to our tefillah, to our chasadim. Help us. That's what the time is saying in this mission. Although, it's chutzpiyazka. People can climb the fence of one of the most sacred, secular buildings in the world and defame it at the time that the most powerful government in the world is in session. Can't use the word ransack, I don't want to be exaggerate, over exaggerate. People can destroy property in the most important building in the world. The vice president has to be run out of the building under heavy guard and taken to a secret location from Americans. At the same time, Rabbi Sai, we're not dancing at Hasanas, we're not schmoozing at Kedushim, we're not wishing Mazel Tov to Shalom's office, we're not doing those things that connect us, we're not doing those things that give us joy. And that's a challenge. That's a challenge. But we're going to persevere. We're going to make it. Because no country in the world, no country in the world is an amazing thing. No country in the world has made it as long as Kalishal has made it. Without a country, without an army, things have changed now. We have Leanne Horace, six million Jews living by Tzainu HaKadosh. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. With an economy, and with an army, and with technological inventions which are, uh, which are uh, utilized all over the world. Incredible. And not only showing the Levina Shashamayim, our money will not protect us. Our technological advances will not protect us. Our bombs, our weapons, our planes will not protect us. That's our protection. That's what we are. That's what we do. That's what we do in Chilary Day by saying to Kapit Laftilim after Shachas, before Mincha, after Mincha, the Pedagogy which Minion, the Kitaris. Like people who have the ability to give tzedakah are helping those people who don't have the ability to give tzedakah. People who are not feeling well, other people are davening for them, other people are sending them meals through the shul, 
That's what we're doing. We're doing what Hashem wants us to do. And we have to be mispowered. Yesterday, before I drove out after Meyer, I asked everybody to, to stop. I myself among them, and let's say to them to the United States of America. And, and Rabbi said, that, that's, that's, that's where we are. And this Mishnah, it's, uh, it's a dichotomy. It's almost oxymoronic. It tells us all the things that are going to happen, which are depressing and frightening and anxiety-provoking. And at the same time, it tells us the one line that is going to get us through everything. Just end with a quick story before I take any questions from anybody. I just saw a quick story. A child walks into her dining room and there's her father sitting at the head of the table with a mishulach. And all of a sudden they jump up and they start dancing. They start dancing. Daughter is sitting there wide-eyed. She never saw her father do such a thing. Although her father danced and danced very vigorously at chasanas and simchas. She never saw him dance in the house. Who was this man? And all of a sudden the father stopped dancing and took his children into the circle and said, this is Reb Shleimer. He's marrying off his first child. He was 82 years old, marrying off his first child. He was born in 1910. His father died when he was two. He had eight siblings. All of his siblings died during their childhood and adolescence. He was left alone with his mother. She died. He made it through the Holocaust. He survived. He got married. His first wife, after 20 years of marriage, died. No children. He got married again. And 59 years old, he had his first child. And at 82, he married her off. He had two more children. He married them all off by the time he was 84. And he was selling this balabos, who he went to to get money to help him make the third chasana. He said, when the daughter is married, he's going to open up a yeshiva. At 84, he's going to open a yeshiva for Bachram, who will challenge, have different challenges, physical challenges, emotional challenges, he's going to open up a yeshiva. Only a Jew, at 84 years old, can have a dream after going through everything he went through, now he's going to open up Yeshua. If we're connected to a Kaddish Baruch, Kaddish Baruch is young. Kaddish Baruch can give us energy. We can be 84, we can be 94. We can be 104. We can still have the Kayak to help you. So that's where we are, I say. We should end on a happy note. We have a Kaddish Baruch. Kaddish Baruch money is limitless. Kaddish Baruch power is limitless. Kaddish Baruch goodness is limitless. And we are the people that he says he's closest to. And therefore we're still here, and we will be here. I'd be as great despite the Chutz despite the Malchus, which is the we will still be here. And that's our Chizuk, Rabbi Yisrael. And we're going to make it. 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 If anybody would like to ask any questions, I will... Gladly take them. Amen. Your husband told me, Baruch Hashem, two eight o'clock engaged within one week for the Wiesenberg family. What a beautiful Mazel Tov. She only went out to Lachar
No vart, no lachayim. But they're engaged to be married. Those are the happiest words in the world. Having children, grandchildren engaged to be married. Like kolodim zaychalikah. Like kolodim zaychalikah. Anybody else have eyesight? Okay. So I'm... Uh, the mission is the last mission in Saita, the Mem Tes Amid Base. The mission starts in Mem Tes Amid Aleph and it goes to Mem Tes Amid Base. You are welcome. Okay, Holy Rabbi Say, I'm wishing everybody at Slapa. I'm going to try to say Halakhish here, and then I'm going to try to say uh, uh, have a bite at 10 o'clock. Okay. Everybody have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, Rabbi Say. Wonderful Shabbos. Amen.